Welcome back to episode 59 of the Two Friends, Three Questions podcast. Uh, what was that? Green Onions? Green Onions by Booker T and the MGs. That's who it is, Booker T. <sighs> yeah, good. Classic. Good song, man. It's a very kind of chill, summery song. Agreed. Agreed. One of the um, one of, one of the best, like, just rock Hammond organ sounds. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, I I love the keys in that, and I love the doom doom. Like I yeah, I I really I really like that, and it's from this. Well, it's not from, but featured in the Sandlot. It is. Yeah, I always think of the Sandlot when I hear that song because of because it's in the Sandlot. <laughs> that was um, super intelligent to me. Uh, I like the song in the Sandlot. <laughs> I think it's in the Sandlot. I think that it is. Ah, well. Uh, all right. Yeah, this is good. This is a weird one because it's not a Sunday morning. We're recording on a Tuesday night. You just got off work. I didn't. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, is, that makes it weirder. Yeah, I literally got off work 45 minutes ago. Yeah, that's strange. How was your day? Uh, that was a little, that was a little bit rough today, yeah. man. We were busy. Really? Yeah. I We kind of got our butts kicked today, but... But I mean, it went all right. Uh, it's it's kind of weird. Um, I don't really want to talk about work because it's not that interesting. Um, however, the listeners might notice a lot more squeaking coming from my end. Um, that is because I stole a chair from work, oh. so I now actually have a computer chair. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Like if I unlock it, I can whoa, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Feel like I'm watching a magic show right now. You're all over the place. Uh, I'm doing tricks. <laughs> um, yeah, I just there. Like I, uh, I went. Oh, okay. First off, we're doing this all all wrong. Uh, Mitch, what you drinking? I I'm glad you asked. Let's just get right into it, man. <laughs> no, I don't know uh, who we're trying. I've to get. been. Yeah, no. It's it's basically six o'clock now. Like it's way past drinking time. So that, I thought that was gonna explode. <laughs> huh. So I've got a. Uh, it, it's called a getting tiki with it. <laughs> it's a uh, from the Left Hand Brewing Company. It is a nitro pina colada wheat. It is a. Hmm. It says it's a super smooth passport to paradise. So let's find out. Is it supposed to taste like a pina colada? I'm I'm assuming. I, I I would imagine that it is. Like I'm sure it's got it's got a pineapple on the can. So I. Yeah, there's definitely some pineapple smells in there. Um, 
Yeah, this is uh, 7.5% alcohol, and it smells amazing, so I'm really looking forward to it. That works. Isn't there coconut, though, in a pina colada? Uh, yeah, there is, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't I know don't about like that. Coconut. Well, I don't hate coconut. I don't want coconut in my drink. Can we talk about how I say pina colada all of a sudden? I say it like a br- pina colada. <laughs> you got a pina colada? <laughs> you do say it like pina colada, too, which is like uh, weirdly sexual. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how are, how are you supposed to say it? Uh, the, the, the it, it, there's like the N is weird. It's like a nya sound. So, but I feel like you're saying it pina colada, which reminds me of another word. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> we'll take a swig. But, Let uh, us know. Oh boy, yeah, that it definitely has a lot of coconut. <laughs> Does it? I wondered. I was like, oh, oh man, pretty bummed about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like straight up like coconut milk. Did we find one you don't like, finally? Well, hold your horses, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me sit on it a minute. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm going to throw in the towel here. I'm going to tell you, yeah, I don't like this at all. <laughs> wow. Took us 59 episodes for you to finally be like, I don't like uh, this beer. Yeah, you know what it is? Like, I think it would be fine if it was just like a pineapple flavored beer because I've had those all the time and I don't mind it. But yeah, on the can it says contains lactose. Um, it's very milky. Ugh. Yeah. Not. Oh, <laughs> I know. Uh, not a big fan of that. Uh, it's got things weird... I do not want. <laughs> Really, any liquid besides milk to be described. Yeah, exactly. Milky. <laughs> Got a real milky brew over here. What about you? What you drinking on? Um, college kids around the world rejoice. <laughs> I'm drinking a Pabst Blue Ribbon, baby. Oh yeah, man. Oh, good Which, classic. I'm a little bit on the fence if I actually have on the podcast before or not. I don't mm. think I have. I I don't know. I can't think back. It's we're almost sixty episodes deep, so I can't keep track of your comings and goings, but <laughs> <laughs> But I'm positive I've had a PBR on the podcast just because I drink it all the time. Right. I think that's what it is. <laughs> you have have almost definitely have one. <laughs> yeah. I just don't think I have. Yeah. Uh, and um so so how's it taste? What are you what are you getting? <sighs> well, Here's what I'll tell you. I've been drinking a little bit more PBR lately. And there is something about PBR that is a little bit better than a lot of these other beers. Because this actually tastes a lot like a bush to me. Um, and it kind of tastes... It even kind of tastes like Budweiser and Yingling. Like, it's, it's pretty full-bodied. But there's a crispness to this one. That I kind of like. Yeah, okay. Okay. I'm a little... I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm impressed. I yeah. don't know why I'm reviewing, like, a <laughs> shitty college beer. Like, it's an... like. But honestly, like, no, there's, like, a crispness and a freshness to it that... This was a very good after-work beer. I'm going to read the can real quick. Please do. Th- <laughs> this is already making me laugh. This is the original Paps Blue Ribbon Beer. Nature's choicest products provide its... Prize flavor. One of the <laughs> finest hops and grains are used. Selected as America's best in 1893. I I don't think so. 
<laughs> yeah, just because it's the oldest doesn't mean it's the best. Like, you're telling me they really get only the finest hops and grains? Like, yeah. you know they're not. They're like, oh, fucking shove it in there. Exactly, yeah. Because they're going to play beer pong with this <laughs> shit. Nobody cares. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, the, the can's about 40 cents a can, so I don't think that they're going all out. <laughs> yeah, also price point-wise, I'm, I'm kind of I'm in love with PBR right now because... Man, you can't beat that price tag. This oh, shit yeah. is cheap. It is, yeah, dirt cheap, yeah. And and it is it is not bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, I've, I've always been a big fan of PBR, mostly because, uh, well, I've talked about before, I did a uh, blind uh, beer review with uh, some of my friends, um, and we all got together and uh, basically blind tasted all of the cheap, Ooh. shitty beers out there to try to figure out which one was best, and also to see if we could, you know, actually figure out figure out which one was which um, right and the results were inconclusive because every single we've done it like three times and every time we get together we pick a different beer as our like favorite um yeah. and then also we can never tell which one it is so i am full on of the belief that um you know miller light versus bud light fans you know they're like Ford versus Dodge people like ah uh, they're they'll fight you on it but at the same time like it's all the same shit man like <laughs> yeah I I do yeah I I really don't like Bud Light though <sighs> okay well, <laughs> I'm not gonna agree with you because I just stated my cases they're all the same <laughs> yeah no you're yeah I don't know sorry I'm getting heated it's just. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Fuck you, dude. <laughs> All right, we made it 10 whole minutes, and this podcast is over. Uh, okay, so the uh, on deck, I actually did get something else besides this beer, which I'm glad about now. Uh, I got a Long Branch uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Man, so, living the high life, man. I can't absolutely. afford bourbon right now. It, I'm pouring it into this coffee cup. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, is which, that a Minion coffee cup? <laughs> no, this is just a random coffee cup. Oh. It says, shout out to Yellow Cup Coffee Roasters in Fort Wayne, Indiana. A little <laughs> free plug. <laughs> I really thought that was a Minion coffee cup. <laughs> I would never, ever use a Minion coffee cup. And you know what I'm going to get you now every Christmas? A God, Minion coffee cup. God, no. <laughs> you will have a fucking collection of Minion drinking just wear. all the yellowest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just yellow drinking everything. Um, all right, well, that's what we're drinking. Well, oh, yeah, sorry. I'm cutting you off before I even get to hear about this bourbon. Oh, that's okay. Um, it's fantastic. It's honestly probably... I've, <laughs> I've nope. had it. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it is the best bourbon that I've had to date. Um, oh, oh! Yeah. Just throwing down the gauntlet right there. Um, I'm getting into more and more kind of like higher shelf whiskeys beyond, you know, stuff that's like 15 bucks a bottle. Um, so this this one kind of piqued my interest. Um, it's made by Wild Turkey, which is, a you know, kind of a lower shelf whiskey, but it's, this is kind of their next step up. Uh, and it's just fantastic. It's so smooth. Um, it also helps that I've been like keeping it in the freezer. Um, mm. So I don't pour any ice over it. I just kind of drink it cold from the freezer. And it's so much better that way just because it's, you know, it's so smooth going down. It kind of takes the harshness from the alcohol away and yeah i was gonna say like one you're keeping that bottle crazy cold which i respect because i i like to drink liquor cold 
Um, but also, yeah, I noticed you just poured it right into the mug, and I was like, okay, I see Mitch not drinking, not not drinking a uh, bourbon on uh, ice. Uh, I actually just had a, a conversation with my buddies because I wanted to start a tradition. I may have told the story of every Christmas when I get the little Christmas get together with my friends, I want to bring over a nice, expensive bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did that. Bought a seventy dollar bottle of whiskey. No one drank it. Oh, that's a everyone bummer. hated it. And uh-huh. then I realized the fact I did not know about my friends, and that is they do not like whiskey. Well, they don't like drinking whiskey straight yeah, because that was okay. the the next conversation we had. We were just talking about it, and uh, yeah, my buddy was like, "We're just not a we're not a whiskey household." And uh, he's like, I'll, "I'll drink it. Like I'll mix it with Dr Pepper." Or, no, uh, you fucking won't. <laughs> <laughs> not at seventy dollars a bottle, yeah, five dollars per one. pour, and you're gonna put Coca Cola in it. <laughs> That's what I told him. Like, you can do that, not with this. And, you ruined uh, Christmas, Aaron. I'm just gonna guess it was Aaron. It was Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then he was like, uh, "Well, he, he was just like, why? Well, yeah, I, I won't drink it straight or whatever." And I was like, "Bro, I drink Jameson out the bottle. I don't even <laughs> right. waste time getting a fucking glass because <laughs> exactly. that is too many." devices needed to enjoy jameson right <laughs> but uh and, well and also one thing i have noticed is that i love irish whiskey and i haven't met many people who are down with irish whiskey just in general yeah like you know if they're getting whiskey they want a normal whiskey uh they do not they do not uh go out of their way to get irish whiskey yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, I am. I, I like Jameson a lot uh, and stuff, but I think if I'm gonna, um, you know, spend more than twenty dollars on a bottle, it's it's always gonna be bourbon, just because I, I enjoy the taste of bourbon more. That's fair, and I haven't actually. Drink, I, I'm like a weird thing where it's like I don't really want bourbon because isn't it just bourbon because it's made in Kentucky? Uh, essentially, yeah. Um, I'm no expert, so I'm gonna sound real dumb. Right. But yes, yeah. Essentially, you're correct. <laughs> it kind of bugs the shit out of me. It's like, well, I'll just get whiskey then. Fuck you, Kentucky. <laughs> like, I don't need your shit. Your branding. Uh, yeah. I wish I was more educated to be able to tell you how it's different, but I'm not. I just know it tastes good and it's made in Kentucky, and that's all I got. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm I'm sure there is actually some kind of difference, but. Yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't drank a lot of bourbon. I should drink more bourbon. I think we both should. I think we should just drink more. <laughs> the episode just turned us the, us drunk by like the, right. the twenty minute mark. Exactly. Um, all right, Mitch. Well, apparently um, this is uh, slightly unprecedented. I don't know. Maybe we've done it before. We don't really have a lightning around this time. We're we're really pulling this shit out of our ass too, because it was basically like Sunday. Mitch was like, "Hey, you want to do an episode Monday or Tuesday?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, that sounds good." And then he didn't text me back. And then, <laughs> um, then I did, I and Monday nothing happened. And then today I was like, "Hey, did you still want to do an episode?" And, and Mitch actually texted me back today. So here we are. Um, but. The t- I but I said Sunday, hey, if you get an episode together, I'm down to do one Tuesday. And Mitch apparently 
never read this text or just said fuck him well i think i think i did read it and i was trying to come up with some ideas to do on the podcast which i was going to relay to you but what i did not relay to you is that like yes we'll do one let me think of something i was just kind of doing on that uh, without uh, cluing you in right Uh, and then fast forward to today still don't really have an idea of anything to talk about so here we are yeah right so we we Uh. (laughs) <laughs> that is how episodes typically go. So we've completely pulled this out of our ass. So we don't have a lightning round this time, but Mitch has a yeah, topic. Exactly. Well, I got I got a couple things to talk about. I think we'll have plenty. Um, the first thing I was going to talk to you about is, it's not necessarily like a great story or anything, um, but I figured we could uh, bullshit on it for a second. Um, I did something really like out of my element this past weekend um, that turned out to be like super enjoyable. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I did. Um, so I texted you then told you that my, my, my friend bought a boat and he was taking us to put in bay um, to have a Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville party, uh, <laughs> which you texted me. That is like the whitest thing I've ever heard. Uh, yeah, what which, part of this is out of your element? Which is fine. <laughs> well, hold on. So, do you have you ever heard of Put in Bay? Do you know what it is? I, I have heard of it. I don't know. I just assumed it was some sort of aquatic esque marina. It's um, um <laughs> it's basically like uh spring break on a beach for Midwest people in northern Ohio. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> like, also the whitest thing I've ever Absolutely. <laughs> it was I was and the reason I told you I was kind of out of my element is because I I've been invited to this. My my friend goes like every year and I've never really wanted to go because like drunk college kids spinning all day with my shirt off. None of that sounds appealing. Um but this year he finally tricked me into it by saying like, Hey man, I got a boat. Um we'll go spend the night on the boat. Um that way you don't have to pay for, you know, an Airbnb or anything. Um there's usually like a $30 ferry to get over to the bay. Since we'll have a boat, we, we don't have to spend that at all. It's basically just, you know, spend the weekend, buy, bring some beer, and spend money on drinks, and you're covered. So I'm like, all right, that sounds good. You talked me into it. So about an hour before we left, he texted me and was like, hey, so uh, the boat has a leak in it, and we can't stay there this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fucking Gilligan's Island. <laughs> right? fucking... Exactly. So he yeah, he, uh, he he was like, the boat has a leak. We have to stay at an Airbnb. And he kind of guilted me into going anyway. Part of me wanted to be like, I, I was going because of the boat, not because of the drunk college kids. But uh, right. it's kind of too late to back out as, as, you know, seeing how we're supposed to leave in an hour. Uh, so I went and uh, it, it was actually super fun. Yeah, there, there were like swim up bars where you could just like swim around. And there was this big bar in the middle where you could just like buy a drink and drink it in the pool. Highly suggest. Very fun. Uh, <laughs> highly recommend. Ten out of ten. Hi- highly recommend. The worst part was though there were just way too many people, and it felt incredibly weird being this close to you know the quarantine, being in a public yeah. swimming pool with hundreds of random drunk people. Uh, it was very surreal. I don't suggest doing that. <laughs> yeah, I um, I am being I. I my fiance is convincing me to go to a restaurant. <laughs> like that's where I'm at with everything. I'm like, y'all fucking dumb. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I felt that for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean I mean, you know, whatever, but 
Nah, nah, I don't know. That's well, okay. So that, I mean, that sounds you know th- that does sound a little bit out of Mitch's element. Mid, Mid, you strike me as more of like sit around a campfire in a tent and shoot off fireworks kind of guy. I love doing that, man. You know me so well. Right. So <laughs> yeah, shirtless Mitch <laughs> in Midwest. In a pool surrounded by hot twenty-three-year-olds uh, was very not my 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 comfortable zone. Right, but. right. Um, <laughs> I, I thought I was I was going to ask that question just how to sh- just to get the full image. I mean, like, were 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 the were there a lot of ladies? Were they fairly attractive? Nothing to write home about. How was that? <laughs> it's the Midwest, so I don't. I mean, it's, yeah, no, it is. It is the Midwest, so it's not. You know, take that for what it's worth. But that being said. Yes, there were so many, 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 many things to look at. But was it like that level of like 23 year old where they were just like, <laughs> let's go fucking do shots? <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of, which uh, took away from it a little bit. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's funny. Yeah, I could not. I would have loved to have been with you. Because that would have been a really fun image of just you and you, me. Like you definitely would have enjoyed it. It would have been like King of the Hill. Like we're just yeah. standing waist deep in water, drinking beer right. with our shirts off, with like exactly. monster farmer tans. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was strange, but yeah, it was fun. Um, okay. Anyway, so on to the next thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the other day I watched uh, Dave Chappelle's uh, comedy special, the Eight Forty Six on YouTube. Have oh. you seen that one yet? No. Um, I thought it was going to show up on Netflix. Maybe I'm really confused. Um, no, it's not on Netflix or anything. It was kind of just put together at the last minute, and oh, okay. they they filmed it in Beaver Creek actually. Um, oh wow! And, and <laughs> uploaded it to YouTube for free, so the whole thing's on there. Um, just because it wasn't his like you know typical prepared comedy, right. it was mostly just him talking about you know George Floyd and everything that's going on. So that's kind of why they didn't make a big to do about marketing it and selling it because it's basically something that Dave Chappelle was like, "Hey, I got something on my mind I need to talk about. It's not going to be that funny, um, so I don't want people to pay for it, but it needs to be." So here it is. Enjoy this new free comedy special. Gotcha. And I okay. and I use the word comedy loosely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's but, just more him like literally talking. Yeah, it it absolutely is. And there were definitely parts of it that were super funny, but most of it was just very like thought provoking. Right. And he just he he just said some really really cool stuff that I uh, could totally get behind. And it was shot in Beaver Creek, which is the reason I thought you might enjoy it. Um, well, that's interesting, and just to provide like extra context for um, maybe people who don't know, Beaver Creek is a very white, very affluent part of the Dayton area where I'm from. So the fact mm-hmm. he did that in Beaver Creek was a statement. Yeah, absolutely. He, you know, not doing it out in like Yellow Springs, like where he lives, not doing it e- even in Dayton, which is more of like you know, it's a it's a it's a decent site. It's like a Fort Wayne. So you know, there's yeah there's kind of a 50-50 mix there of, of races and, and even more diversity. Uh, doing it in Beaver Creek, that is a very white, very affluent part of yeah. this Dayton area. So, yeah, that's that's kind of, hmm. Yeah, he kind of he kind of did talk about it in the, that in the special too. Like the first one of the first things he said, he comes out and he looks at like a table at the front and there's like apparently a white guy sitting next to a black guy and he's like, 
are you guys are you guys friends? <laughs> and they were like, yeah. And they were like, this is going to be a very uncomfortable car ride home, huh? <laughs> so, um, but that got me thinking. Um, what I want to ask you, um, and this will kind of take the place of our lightning round, um, would, who are your top five favorite comedians? Oh, okay. Um, look, Dave Chappelle's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, being someone who like lives in the general area that Dave Chappelle lives in, there's a lot of stories. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of reasons to somewhat consider him to be a douchebag. Um, however... The dude, like, got me into comedy. He got me into jazz. Like, I owe a lot creatively to him. And also, I think he's been pretty much the only comic who can really talk about race and do it in a way where everyone will listen. Yeah, right. Um, And and to a point where it almost became like an Achilles heel to his career. Yeah. because not everybody understood what he was doing. I mean, I don't know. I just, yeah, Dave Chappelle's definitely, definitely in there. Yeah. In the special, he mentions that, too. He says something like, um, you know, I didn't really want to make a special. I didn't want to talk publicly about this. uh, But I had so many people telling me to, and I think that's just because, for some reason... People trust me. Like he's mm-hmm. the one of the most kind of revered, trusted comedians to get up there and still tell it like it is. Yeah, and in a way that isn't pandering. I mean, he doesn't pull yeah. punches, but it's also not in a way like it's illuminating. Is is the way I would say it's illu- as a white person, it's illuminating. So it really like clues me into more of these things that he's talking about and he just has like actual insight because sometimes with race and stuff like that sometimes i think it's just a just it is just talking about it and and listening and laughing too mm-hmm. like i don't know it brings people together so yeah i i <laughs> i have a lot of respect for the guy um and i'm sure being that goddamn famous is not easy yeah um so yeah, Dave Chappelle's definitely up there. Um, do we want to like trade off? Do you want me to do one? You do one. Um, yeah, sure. That sounds good. Okay. Um, okay. So my, um, in no particular order, um, my fifth would have to be uh, Patton Oswalt is up there for me. Um, he's yeah, he's just kind of one of those old school guys that's been doing it so long that he. Uh, you know, he was one of the legends when he first came out, uh, and he put out a special not too long ago that is still like as equally as funny as some of his uh, old stuff. Uh, but then now he's kind of talking about more, you know, serious things too, which I kind of like. You know, his um, he's got a really awesome story. His his wife died, and um, he talked a lot about that, and that's just kind of crazy to hear somebody talk about that so honestly, but in a funny way. Um, so yeah, Patton Oswalt has my full respect as he should. So. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I was going to bring that up. He has a really interesting way of looking at life uh, as a super not easy thing to go through. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I agree. I really love Patton Oswalt a lot. My favorite, one of my favorite scenes in Parks and Rec is where he <laughs> filibusters and he yeah. just like reads off like 
his Star Wars fan fiction. <laughs> right. And oh man, I love that so much. And I know that yeah. he wrote it. Like that's oh, absolutely. What, yeah, he was just he like, I'm just gonna riff on this weird yeah. Star Wars fanfic. <laughs> yeah, he might have even improved it. <laughs> I, I think I genuinely think I, I was yeah. trying to think. Oh, he's trying to connect the MCU with with Star Wars because uh, Disney okay. had just bought both of them. <laughs> yeah, so it yeah. was him connecting them. Yeah, no, I I really I really think so. Yeah. Um, the next one I'll talk about is probably Mitch Hedberg. Oh, okay. Um, super short career. Um, but dude, just, I mean, literally gut bustingly funny to me mm-hmm. in yeah, his style, the king, the king of one liners. That's what it is. And like, the, yeah. like just what, what, I mean, probably like what, like I used to do drugs. I still do <laughs> like just, <laughs> but I used to too, <laughs> it, but I, Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I used to too. Like. <laughs> Every time I buy Ritz crackers, it's got suggestions on what I can put on the Ritz and eat it with. Put ham on your Ritz. Put cheese on your Ritz. Come on, man. I just bought Ritz because I want to eat crackers. I didn't want to buy little edible plates. <laughs> I mean, it's the, it's the dumbest shit, but it Absolutely. is the funniest turn of phrases. Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah destroys me every yeah. time like <laughs> like he was talking yeah. about baking a potato he's like man you ever try to bake a potato in the oven <laughs> sometimes <laughs> if i go away for a week i just throw one in there because <laughs> i don't want the potato now but i may want one later <laughs> uh yeah he's he's the king of one one big you know thing in comedy is um basically word economy um how funny can you be by saying the fewest amount of words um and mm-hmm. he has nailed that like there's a lot of people that can be funny if they get a half hour special but if you have like 30 seconds to make somebody laugh can you right no that's that's a perfect example of that um yeah that that's a great way to put it man but yeah he uh oh man he slays me and he and he like i don't know apparently did heroin and just fucking died which is also super crazy sad like yeah i don't know what was going on in his life but uh yeah i mean he could have I, yeah, I just, I think most people know him, but no, I, I, yeah, I think he's great. Yeah, cool. The next person I'm going to talk about is Pete Holmes. Um, I've talked about him a lot, so I'll make it short. Um, I just think he's a really, really cool person, really smart. Um, he, the, the, the reason I like him so much too is he has a very similar story to you and I. Um, kind of brought up in the whole Christian world, and then uh, his wife left him, and he's, his life since then has basically been all about trying to. Um, find out the truths of religion and life and he talks about that a lot in his uh in his comedy in his comedy stuff and also his podcast which is super interesting um because he'll have some amazing like the widest variety of people he'll have like aaron Rodgers on was on one time uh and then he'll have like science mike who's like that and then like the pin gillette they always talk about like a religion and i think that's super um interesting to listen to yeah i really like uh can we can we honorable mention Pendulette? Yeah, uh, because while I guess his main gig is apparently uh, magic, um, <laughs> also kind of a comedian and also a very very interesting person. Yeah, um, I really enjoy him. I think he's a national treasure. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. So the next one I'll talk about is I will talk about Richard Pryor. Dang. 
You're killing it. Uh, did you have him on your list at all? I, I no, I didn't. Oh, okay. my list is. I, have they yeah, overlapped I, at all yet? No, I don't think they are going to overlap because my list is very like modern new age people. And I, I feel like that um, uh, reflects well on you because you're naming all of like the classics and legends of comedians. But for me personally, like whenever I've sat down to like watch, you know, Richard Pryor, or, um, you know, Eddie Murphy, George Carlin, it hasn't been amazing for me. I mean, obviously they're funny, but it, to me, it's just. It's not up my alley. I I will like I will go ahead and say like yeah because I think comedy kind of evolves and changes. Um, and oh okay sweet I was having trouble figuring out my last two but clicked in my head. Um, Eddie Murphy I, I'll be honest when I watch his his live stand up and like you know the raw where he's in that fucking red. Michael Jackson yeah. fucking jumpsuit. Yeah, it's like it's it's not that it's bad or anything, but it's just like he, when when you get out and you're doing a stand up special to all those people because I think back then, man, they would fucking pack a stadium and do those. Yeah, they don't really do that now. They do like intimate theaters. Back mm-hmm. then, it would just be like fucking a shit ton of people losing yeah. their shit at anything exactly. he says, and it's like, did he even get to the punchline? <laughs> right. Um, I think it's he's one of those people that just has a funny face. He'll make funny faces and like pass that off as a joke. No disrespect to Eddie Murphy because that sounded super shitty, but he's <laughs> a little bit. But no, I I mean, but but see the one person who has who I could still go back watch their specials and I think um I think Chappelle carried the torch from Pryor because of the things he talked about. Richard Pryor still to this day when I watch those specials fucking kill me. He has a bit about getting high on cocaine and getting in a fight with his wife and getting a gun and shooting his fucking car and like the cop and it's the funniest story ever. Like, I yeah, but that's I I I think Richard Pryor is timeless. Mm -hmm. Also, I love his movies. So also as an actor, wonderful films. Yeah. Um, too. So um, I love the Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder stuff. Um, so I, I think Richard Pryor is timeless, and I think that's a hard thing to be in comedy. Um, but I do think that Pryor opened the door a lot about talking about race, talking about a way where it's thoughtful, insightful, but funny, and you could laugh. And at the end, you're like, oh wait. And I think Chappelle carried that on. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely Richard Pryor. Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, my third one is Rory Scovel. Um, mm. He is... I, I think I, I told you to listen to him because he reminds me of you. Yeah. You, I, you guys have kind of similar senses of humor where he will just do this really kind of abstract stuff. The, like he'll, like he'll, he'll make a joke and then he'll keep repeating it to the point it's not funny anymore. And then he'll keep repeating it to where it's even funnier than it was before. Yeah. Like I think that kind of stuff is really hard to do it well. Um, and he's so good at that. He's just a really strange dude. Um, but his yeah, he's got a well. Another one, something I love about him, he's got a great like vocabulary. He he'll say words sometimes, and, and he's like this uh, you know southern white dude that you wouldn't normally think like holy shit. I'll have to look that up. I don't know what he just said. <laughs> but right. it's, yeah, it's funny. Um. I think the thing I like about Rory Scoville is uh, I know that to me, the way we're the most similar is like if we're 
he would do this thing where I think, and maybe people hate it, but it's almost like you almost sometimes can't have a normal conversation with him because he'll go yeah. into a character. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does these characters, and when he when he commits to a bit, he commits hard. Right, and that's very <laughs> similar. Like I think. <laughs> I, I, I had watched a couple things and I wasn't really seeing it and then he was on a talk show and somebody asked him about this bit he did about the moon and the sun. Uh yeah, I think I might that was the, he was on Pete Holmes uh, podcast or Pete That's Holmes TV what it was. show, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he's like doing the bit for the moon and he's just like, "Hey!" like and it was like <laughs> yeah. I was like, "No, that that's yeah. totally me." Yeah, like, that's that. I think that might be the video that made me, yeah, reminded me uh, uh, of you the most. Just get out of here, Day Moon. <laughs> yeah, get <laughs> out of here. You're not supposed Dave. to be here. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, no. Now I could kind of, now I could really yeah. feel it out. I could see it. Cool. Um, cool. No, I do. I do really. I do like. And also, he yeah. is really just funny. Like, I think he's kind of underrated. Yeah, totally. Um, oh, it's my turn. It's your turn. Go ahead. Uh, next one I'm talking about is Bo Burnham. Ah, good one. Gonna let you burn him, burn him. Um, <laughs> Bo Burnham is anti-comedy. Ooh, can I honorable mention Andy Kaufman? Sure. All right. Uh, Andy Kaufman, honorable mention... It feels wrong to put Bo Burnham on the list and Andy Kaufman is an honorable mention, but I will <laughs> just because Andy Kaufman was a little bit, he was, a little, he was kind of a dick. He yeah. had no sense of reality where that's what I like about Bo Burnham is he, he is a, he's a nice, sweet guy. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Bo Burnham is just this anti-comedy thing. And um, I don't know, man. I think he's too fucking smart for, I mean, I, I literally think the guy's a genius. Yeah, he's brilliant. Like, just because he just, he doesn't do a special in the way that anybody else does a special. And, like, there's a, there is this awesome round table of comedians hanging out, and it's like fucking Ray Romano. I've, I've seen that before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ray and they're Se- all, I think Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. It's like these, these archetypes of comedy or whatever, and Bo Burnham's there. Um, <laughs> And fucking, like, he's talking about how he was super into this French puppeteer that did all these weird anti-bits. And and he roasted them all, too, because they were, like, giving him a hard time. And he was like, well, I just want to say for the younger generation who loves comedy, um, who are you guys? (laughs) And I was like, fuck. And you could tell that they were kind of mad. Yeah, right. And that's what I like about him is I, I just think that he is, like... I just, as a performer, like, he just blows me away. And I have a lot of friends who fucking hate him. Um, but I just, I, I don't really know why. I guess it's just, I love I love his specials because they feel like a journey. Mm-hmm. And, and his last one was so, so unbelievable. It was almost more sad than funny. And it was mm-hmm. so thought-provoking. Yeah, that one blew me away. Yeah. And he wrote and directed a movie that I haven't seen yet. Apparently, it's pretty okay. Uh, okay, number two on my list is Nate Bargatze. Uh, again, I told you the people that I'm talking about. You probably have no idea who they are. This dude, but... I don't know who. He is. <laughs> so he is another one of these kind of like southern comics from like Nashville. Um, 
And I actually saw him. He was in uh, Fort Wayne a couple months ago, like right before the uh, COVID stuff started shutting everything down. Um, it was pretty much the last concert I uh, actually went to. Um, but he he's a, he's another guy. I can't like you know I don't want to talk about any of his bits because I won't do it justice. Um, but everything he does has me rolling, and his 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 whole like persona that he does on stage is very kind of like you can tell he's like just such a nice guy. Um, and he he does this you know bit. His, his his persona is like he, he tries to play this like super dumb Nashville like southern guy uh, but you can tell like he thinks about things in a really funny way um, he's it's almost kind of like observational humor but in ways that people don't you normally think about things um, anyway I, I butchered it but check him out nonetheless <laughs> no no that's I mean that sounds interesting um, all right my my list hasn't been in order up till now. My number one favorite comedian of all time is Bill Hicks. Okay. Great, great answer. I've never actually listened to Bill Hicks, but I know you talk about him all the time. Bill Hicks is weirdly like the Nirvana of comedy, where there's some misses. There are some not super awesome recorded bits that he's done. Um, Yeah, okay. But the thing I like about Bill Hicks is that he looked at comedy so much more in, in a way that... But I Usually the way I sell him is I tell people that Bill Hicks taught me that being patriotic f- for your country is ruthlessly questioning the authority of your government. And I said and he was a comedian. Mm-hmm. So how he really did all this, like, in comedy, like, I mean, there are parts of Bill Hicks's stand-ups that aren't funny. It is him screaming into a mic at you (laughs) to fucking not trust the government. And I, but, but, motherfucker, write a joke. Like, he can really write a joke. So I don't know. I think just there was a rebelliousness in comedy and just in life that Bill Hicks had. And I I sometimes forget and I sometimes have to go back and just be like, nah, like being creative and being an artist, like, I mean, you've got to question things and you should speak your fucking mind. Like it's, if if you make art or do things to please people, that's not the point. I actually equated a lot to this podcast because there are times where I'm like, we, we do this on here. It's like, well, let's not get political. Let's not do it. And I think here lately, we're like, no, nah, fuck that. Like, we know how we feel. If anybody mm-hmm. disagrees with this, they're fucking wrong. Like, <laughs> what? Like, you know, and I and so I think that to me, that's that's the Bill Hicks influence in me is being able to say, like, no, like we're we're joking around. We're having a good time. Um, but, you know, hey, maybe you should stop killing black people out in the street. Hey, we should stop that. That's that's pretty bullshit, right? Hey, we should fucking yeah. stop. Right. You know. Um that to me that's like the influence. Um not to make it funny, but I guess to maybe you make a joke, make people laugh, you slip in a you know, some truth. Maybe they listen. I don't know. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um no that's that's fantastic, man. I yeah, I, I like that. Um, last one on my list is going to pale in comparison to yours because, once again, you've chosen all the legends, and I've chosen people that 
are pretty much under the radar. Uh, but anyway, this dude's name is Kyle Kinane. I've talked about him a lot too. Oh yeah. Um, he's got a he's got that po- uh, podcast called Boogie Monster that I love. Um, but he is my number one favorite comedian of all time uh, because uh, kind of like you, you, what you mentioned with Bill Hicks, like he can write a joke. He knows how it works. Um, and he's got a he's got a couple of videos that he did with uh, uh, this is not happening on the uh, the Comedy Central's YouTube channel. Yeah, um, and he just tells story like one of the stories is about how he uh, like got in a wreck. Um, like on his way home one night, and you know he basically took that story and turned it into f- something that was first off hilarious, um, but second of all, the way he says things, um, it kind of gets you to think about you know things in a bigger picture. Yeah, and he kind of turned it into this whole like experience, uh, and by the end of it, he, he you know it kind of got the audience to think a little bit deeper, um, which is something that I can really get behind. But again, s- same thing I mentioned with uh, Rory. Scoville, like Kyle Kinane, is incredibly smart. Um, he his vocabulary is uh, uh, amazingly complex, but in a really funny way. Like he'll 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 say a joke, and then he'll say a word in the punchline that gets you to think. Like I never use that word. Why? It's just kind of funny to you know use to use vocabulary as one of your tools, and it's really yeah. yeah. No, that's. That's really interesting. I don't think yeah. at all. I think you're. I think that you're just you're you're talking about guys that are more modern, maybe fly under the radar a little bit. But I guarantee you, if you show a picture of half these people to me or anybody else, they'd be like, "Oh, I know yeah. that guy." Okay. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, Kyle Kinane has had like roles in TV shows and movies and stuff, so he's not like. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, well. Um, Real quick before we move on, I'm just going to shout out the rest of my honorable mentions because they're all comedians that I love so much. But there's Young, have been doing it long, and they're all on YouTube. We're talking about uh, Gus Johnson, Eddie Burback, Drew Gooden, Ooh, Danny nice. Gonzalez, uh, Curtis Connor. Shout out, Boy Support Boys, um, <laughs> Nakey Jakey, um, also Brewster. Um, yeah, those are all my. My, those are my YouTube legends. If you ask me right now, who are your favorite YouTubers? <laughs> Gus Johnson, Eddie Burback, Danny Gonzalez, Drew Gooden, Curtis Connor, yeah. and Brewster. Oh, Nikki Jakey. I forget right. Nikki because he's new. J- Jakey's yeah. a little bit new to my repertoire, so I forget about him sometimes. Well, cool. I don't have anything to shout out. You just did it for the both of us, man. Boys support boys. That's what it's all about. Yeah, boys support boys. <laughs> um, all right, let's... Uh, Let's uh, see what we can get into. We're going to dip into and have a nice hearty plate of soul pancake. Oh, yeah. Sounds delicious. Which we have not done in a while, and we typically do when we pull an episode out of our ass. So here we go. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Thank you, Rain Wilson and company, for giving us shit to talk about on our podcast. (laughs) Seriously. Uh, Mitch, pick a number between one and, like, I don't know, 200 and... Probably 200. No, okay. sorry. 195. Okay. Um, 95. 95. We're going to get one we've done before and not know. <laughs> Probably. Because we're just bad at this. Oh. Okay. Damn, dude. This is why. Okay. We need to do this more because I kind of love these. So I opened up to the question, how are you selfish? Mm. And uh, 
it has a David Bowie quote, um, which says, I think it all comes back to being very selfish as an artist. I mean, I really do just write and record what interests me. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Michael Jordan said, to be successful, you have to be selfish or else you will never achieve. And once you get to your highest level, then you have to be unselfish. I don't really wow. know what that means. Well, because you haven't been to your highest level yet, so you you don't get to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Uh, during sex, the female praying mantis sometimes <laughs> bites off the head of her partner in order to make his movements more vigorous. I Whoa. knew that. I did not know that was why. <laughs> that is incredibly selfish. That's hot. It's uh, fucking sexy. Dang, um, man. All right, Mitch. Well, how how are you selfish? Oh, such a big question, man. Um, well, I like um, you know what what like what Michael Jordan Jordan said about it. Like you, if you're going to do something um, and be great at something, you have to focus on that and pretty much only that. Um, so that goes for like a lot of things in my life. Like I wish I had more time to, um, you know, devote to spending time with my wife and, you know, and other friends and, uh, doing things like that. But sometimes I do just have to like, yeah, you know, work on other shit like the podcast or making my, making my music. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but it, it kind of comes off as selfish. Um, man, I don't know where else to go from there. Um, well, so Feel essentially, I mean, you're, you, I, I mean, you're basically breaking down that you feel that you're selfish in your own, like, hobbies or passions. The way, I, the way I spend my time, yeah. The way you spend your time. Yeah, and I think I agree. What's kind of funny is that we actually had a phone conversation the other day about yeah, that's this. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of one of the few times you kind of called me out of the blue and just like, <laughs> just like, it was, it was, I kind of enjoyed it just because it was nice to talk at that level because... Because in mine and Charlotte's life, we kind of have what we would refer to as our power couples being uh, Aaron and Katie and you and Erica. Aww. So you guys, you, you you guys tend to be like kind of our role models and coupledom. Um, you know, maybe we learn some lessons, but we also see a lot of examples of which to live by. Um, so it was kind of fun for for you to call me and just be like, yeah, like. Uh, she she's really bored. Well, like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I that, that's kind of funny that you 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 think of me that way because I you know I, not that I you know necessarily see you and Charlotte as a power couple. Um, I don't. Well, I it's not that I don't, but I mean, you are a uh, you're a psychology major or you were. So I know that you. Uh, can give some really good advice. So that's one of the perks to being your friend that I can call you if I'm going through something and you'll have some really good words to say to kind of get me out of a jam. So that's, <laughs> right. that's what I was doing. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, and I mean, I think and the, the phone conversation was funny cause it really just equated to like, yeah, I'm dealing with the same thing. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. all I've, you know, that's, and it is, it has been kind of a hard spot in our relationship because I know where I'm the most selfish is that I, while I love hanging out and, and talking to people and stuff, I, I have to have like me time. Like I mm-hmm. have to isolate yeah. and literally be by myself and not talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing. Like my, I think my friends kind of get frustrated with it sometimes. Um, you know, like if Aaron wants to 
you know, play a game or something. And I'm, I'm kind of a dick about it. Cause I'm like, nah, I don't want to play that. Um, I will, I want to hang out with my friends, but also I need the me time. And mm-hmm. also I don't want to make myself do something I completely don't want to do right. just to hang out with my friends. It's like, I, I guess to me it was always like, yeah, I'll do that, but I'm not going to have a good time. So what's the point? Right, right. Why? I th- and I think that's a healthy level of selfishness. I use that word loosely because, like, you know, I, I, I know. I, th- I think it's very healthy to, to, to sit with yourself and just be like, uh, I love myself enough to not put myself through this, knowing that I really, you know, can't handle the emotional or psychological, you know, strain it has on me right now. I just need to veg. Yeah, and and I love my friends enough to not like go along and be a dick, <laughs> right? You know, right. Because I don't want to go hang out or like play a game and just be an asshole. And I've done that, and it's kind of a bummer because then they're like, "Hey, are you okay?" And I was like, "No, I'm fine. I just don't really want to do that, so I don't really know why I did." Um, but I think like selfishness isn't inherently bad, um, because you do have to be self focused a lot. And I actually, you know, I have a lot of conversations uh, with Charlotte kind of in our relationship about this is like, I want us to live our own lives. So we're both happy. So when we come together, we're not trying to like fix the other person Mm -hmm. and kind of like help them achieve happiness because it's just like, that's really hard. Um, I guess it's just like, you know, I have, but I totally, I'm, I'm totally with you and just like having so many interests and hobbies that it takes away time from your friends, from your family. I mean, it's been, if there's ever a reason that we stop recording, it's because of that. As I mm-hmm. think we just feel like if I do this podcast again, I'm going to lose my mind a little bit because yeah. I kind of just either want to hang out and not do anything or actually hang out with somebody I haven't got to hang out with in a while. Yeah. Um, so it's hard. It's like, you know, you want to do the thing you want to do and you want to be committed to it. But in the same sense, it's like, well, I'm not going to shit all over, you know, my significant other and and not talk to them because I want to do this podcast. Like, mm-hmm. where's the line? Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and in that phone conversation, that's where we, you know, that's what I was like. You figure it out. You let me know because I still have <laughs> yeah, to. Exactly. Um, yeah. Have you ever found yourself being like selfish about other things in your life? Like, um, you know, not necessarily time, but like either possessions, money, um, anything like that? I mean, I think like. I definitely if I want something, it's hard for me to not like still want to get it. So like that, I mean, there's definitely been times in my life and even not that long ago or hell, even right now, like I'm a little bit tight till my next paycheck. But yeah, you know, I'll, I'll ask Charlotte like, hey, can you pick me up a six pack of beer on your way home? Can you pick me up a pack of smokes? Because do I have the money to get it? Not really, but I still kind of want it. Yeah, yeah. To me, that's that is kind of me being selfish because I'm not not even from a monetary perspective, but I'm asking her to go out of her way to pick me up something that I don't need. It actually is bad for me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but I guess it's just like you know, I ask her because it's like, but I also don't expect. Because I think true selfishness is expecting someone to go out of their way to do something yeah, for you. right, right. And, and I don't think that. I'm just asking. If she were to say, I'm really tired, I don't feel good, I just want to come home. Okay, maybe later on I'll I'll go get it myself. Then yeah, I'll get a little right. bit of money from you and go. I, I mean, I don't know. I, You know, I, I, that's just the example that comes to mind. 
and we've had to work to even put ourselves in a better financial position. So like we've had some pretty like, God, all I want is a beer. How much money you got? Like, <laughs> I got like 10 bucks. And it's like, shit, I have like $2. <laughs> hmm. We got, well, quarters? we got 12 bucks. So that'll buy you like three, four locos right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, kind of a real example, but I guess, yeah, it's like, I think true selfishness is expecting results and I don't think that asking somebody to do something for you is really being selfish mm-hmm. because there should be that trust there where they could say no. So right. it's just, and I expect the same. So if Charlotte's like, Hey, you're going, you're going to the gas station. Can you get me a drink? Yeah, I could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I would say no. Um, I don't know. That's the example I have, but yeah. So yeah. I think sometimes like I feel selfish because it's like, I don't need this, but I still kind of want it right now. Mm-hmm. Like I drunkenly bought a fucking like, I don't even know how big this thing is. Fucking six foot by four foot whiteboard. <laughs> oh yeah. I didn't need yeah, this, but I wanted it. So I bought right. a six by four foot fucking whiteboard. This thing right. is massive, way too big <laughs> for what I needed. So I think sometimes it's like, it's hard for me if I really have my mind made up to change it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely the same way, man. Like I will, uh, I, I, I'm pretty good about, you know, money for the most part, but every once in a while, something will come up that I'll kind of like make my mind on something for a while. It was like drums. Like I was like, Oh, I'm going to buy a drum set. Um, you know, I was, I cleaned out the garage. I did everything. Erica was like, don't buy a drum set. Yeah, please do not buy a drum set. Right. Um, and I was like, oh, I find I found a great deal on one. It'll be fine. I want to learn to play drums again. Um, and then I had that you know feeling for about uh, a couple months. Uh, and then I never pulled the trigger because like financially, I I knew she would be pissed mostly. <laughs> um, right. And then after a couple months, it kind of passed, and I didn't really want one anymore. And that happens to me all the time. I have a uh, boxing bag in my garage that I like kind of got just because I was like, oh man, I'm going to go work out. It's a fun way to work out at home without having to, you know, go to the gym or anything like that. I've used that thing like four times, but still there's a part of me that's like, you know, when, when I make up my mind on something, um, yeah, I'm, I'm most likely going to get it. Um, and that's why it, that's definitely a problem because my birthday's coming up and Erica's like, you're the hardest person to shop for. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, yeah, if anything that you want, you already have. <laughs> Right. I was like, oh shit, you're right. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, no, like I get that. Like I, I have learned, and and I don't. I, I guess this doesn't relate to selfishness too much. Like I do that with buying a new guitar. Anytime yeah. that like we do have an influx of money, and I feel like it's in the cards, I'm like, oh, uh-huh. I'm gonna buy a new guitar. I'm gonna buy a new guitar. And then me and Charlotte kind of talk about it, and we really parse it out. And then I start thinking, I'm like, I don't know if I need it because I'm like, when do I play guitar? Like, I've been playing more recently, but, like, mm-hmm. I had sent you a picture because I had actually spent literally an after-fucking-noon cleaning and resetting up my the guitar I had. Right, yeah. And it was, like, perfect. Yeah, and I was like... Brand new. I don't really need a new guitar. Do I want one? Like, fuck yeah. Yeah. I'd love to get a seven $800 fucking Les Paul, you know, and do my thing, but I'm like... Mm. Why? I mean, I just spent... It, it's weird. It's like I get more satisfaction when I sit down and put myself into something and make the thing that I know is not bad better. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've done that a lot. Like, right now, the desk 
that I'm recording this podcast on, my friend gave me, and I have broke in multiple locations. Um, the chair I'm using, I stole from work. <laughs> right. Um, and I have fucking redone this setup a thousand times, and it just took time. But now, finally, I have a setup that I'm happy with, I'm proud of. And honestly, I'm a little bit more proud of it because I didn't just go out and buy. I mean, I'm using $20 Logitech computer speakers. Yeah. I have to unplug and plug these things back in a thousand fucking times because for whatever reason, it will just glitch out and not work. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just happy because I felt like I took the time to figure out how to make what I had work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that feels a little bit more meaningful. Now, will I go out and buy like, you know, $100 studio monitors at some point? Yeah, because I kind of need slash want them. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the meantime, I made what I had work. Mm -hmm. And that feel, I guess, to relate it back to what we're talking about, that feels less selfish. Right. No, and it, it's it's more rewarding too. Um, like, well, since you brought up your computer desk, like I built my computer desk pretty much out of like a thirty dollars. I built it out of like an IKEA table that costs like thirty bucks, and then I, I I would see like these amazing like super like thousand dollar studio desks on like online that like you could fit rack spaces in and stuff, so you could fit rack gear right. uh, if you wanted to. And I, and part of me was like, man, I could build that, save a lot of money. And because I put the work into it, it's going to, I, I appreciate it like so much more. So wholeheartedly. Yeah. No, that's just the actual thing I'm trying to say is when you can actually build things and accomplish things. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's definitely satisfying. You know what I did? I broke literally like, so now I have my computer tower, uh, down in the little shelf. Uh, on the right side of my desk because i have an l shape so there's a little Mm. shelf on the right side um i i essentially broke a shelf out of it because this is also an ikea desk yeah and i don't know if anybody knows when you put together an ikea desk you do not take it apart (laughs) there is one function (laughs) as put that fucker together you don't take it apart (laughs) so i broke the shelf out and I was hooking up my computer, doing all that, and I just put my hand on the wrong spot, and it was literally crack, like just Ooh. broke the fucker. You know what I did? Got some books and fucking shoved them under there because my <laughs> computer tower was like leaning. It was right. like at a forty-five degree angle. I just shoved books under there until it was level. <laughs> I was like, ah, I did that. Yeah. And you know what I used? The, What's that? This might make you laugh. I don't know if you still have them. I don't know if you have any um bible commentary books on like certain books in the bible no oh they're great they're the greatest thing to prop shit up and i'm telling you you want your tv a few inches higher slap one of them bad boys under there because they are well made and they are big and they will absolutely prop up furniture well i may be eighty thousand dollars in debt but at least i have something to hold my shit up with i remember this long time ago was in the bookstore and i bought a Bible commentary book, and he was like, "You know, you could just like rent that. You don't have to buy it." And I was like, "Well, yeah, but I want it." He's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Yeah, I want to fucking keep it." What are we talking about here? I got money. They have a product. I want to keep it. <laughs> right. And he's, he's like, just well, trying you... to be a bro, man." Yeah, he was like, "You just sell it back." And I'm like, "I don't know, man. I might want to prop up my fucking computer tower later. Why don't you let me buy this, you dick?" <laughs> And here you are, propping up your computer tower. Yeah, I was like, see, see if I would have rented it, I would have had it to prop up my computer tower. <laughs> you dick. 
<laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> anyway, sorry about the weird book tangent. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I don't know. Did you have anything more to add, Mitch? I think we kind of. Uh, I don't think I do. Yeah, that was pretty much uh, pretty much it. Yeah, I, I think we summed it up pretty well because because uh, personally, like I said, I think true selfishness is is expecting a certain thing from people, whereas you know sometimes you need to be selfish. You need to have me time. You need to right. You need to center yourself because if you walk around being fucking miserable all the time, nobody wants to be around you. Exactly, and the it's kind of weird. The selfishness that was used in the context of that book wasn't a bad thing. Like it's not a bad mm-hmm. thing that David Bowie writes music that he loves. Like. Uh, it's yeah. not a bad thing that Michael Jordan practices basketball all the time. Like. <laughs> oh, right, right. I'm sure it's maybe hard sometimes to be close yeah. to him, and he won't shut up about basketball. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, it's one of the greatest, the greatest, maybe I'll say, to ever. I don't have an opinion. <laughs> you do. We fought about it before. <laughs> have we? Oh yeah, we. I think we have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm t- oh yeah, I am. I am Team LeBron. Yeah. Yeah, you're a little Team LeBron. Uh. All right. Well. Yeah. Okay. That worked out. That was a interesting thing to talk about. I, yeah, that was fun. I think we're gonna do more of these because I forget that these have. I almost feel like weirdly this is like what the podcast kind of sent, like started as is like taking questions like this and just talking about them. So I think mm-hmm. we need to. I think we need to get back into that a little bit. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I was very enjoyable. Yeah, good, good talk. All right, well, um, cool. Are you have you been cranking anything you want to talk about? Um, I'm gonna let you go first on. Oh wait, yeah, no. Okay, so lately I have been cranking uh, Rage Against the Machine. Nice. Okay. Just because I feel it's kind of appropriate for the time we're in, but yeah. Um, I don't really have anything. Uh, I, I I feel like people either know who Rage Against the Machine is and you either like them or you don't like them or you have no fucking idea who Rage Against the yeah. Machine is. Either did you, way. Did you end up listening to uh, the full uh, Run the Jewels album that we talked about? I still haven't made it all the way to the end, but I've made okay. it like halfway through. Okay. That's I mean, cool. it's all good. Yeah. Uh, but I do think I need to spend a little bit more time with it. I listen to less music now just because like right now I walk around a lot and I mm-hmm. just find like podcasts being better for that. Yeah, yeah. Like, if I take my lunch break, I walk down to the gas station, get what I want, walk back home. Um, podcast kind of suits me better. It just, you know, kind of gets me out of my element. Sure, um, sure, absolutely. No, just, I, I think the only thing I really had to say about Rage Against the Machine was just that I listened to them when I was, like, 12, 13 years old. And to me, what's kind of interesting is I really go back and I see, like, there's a song called Down Rodeo, and it's it has a line, like, uh, these people ain't seen a brown-skinned man since their grandparents bought one. Oh, man. Yeah, and I was kind of like... And I was like, I was a little shit when I was 13. It's like... And it just made me kind of go back to that that bad review we got. And I was like, of course I'm fucking woke. I was listening to Rage Against Machine when I was 13, <laughs> motherfucker. Exactly. It just made me realize that, like, music has always been the equalizer for me. So even though I've had people in my family and people in my life who uh, who have been racist in some way... Uh, music always took that away because it never mattered, man. Or I listened to music that talked about race in a, in a very controversial way, like Rage Against the Machine. So it's just mm-hmm. like, it just fits to me the time that we're in right now. And I was like, man, I was listening to shit like 10, 15 years ago. And I and I almost lately have felt kind of like mad at myself. Like, why why haven't I been more vocal? 
Because when I was 13 singing this shit, I was like, fuck, yeah, these people ain't seen a brown skin man since their grandparents bought one. Yeah, right. What changed where as an adult, I became less vocal about the injustices that people of color face. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's really weird that I'm like you know listening to Rage Against Machine. It feels like this weird mirror making me question like why I haven't fought more for black people and people of color. And yeah. it's and it's it's yeah it's been a little bit of a trip lately. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that that is what I've been cranking lately. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting like sub topic. Like um, when you think about like you know the, they always say like the you know e- with each generation gets more and more like left leaning um, and. It's probably, I mean, absolutely because of the like the internet and how easy it is to access um, people with different backgrounds and opinions than you do. Um, whereas our parents, like when they were listening to music, growing up listening to music on the radio, it was just like you know whatever that was on the radio is what they could listen to. But you and me yeah. growing up, we could just Google anything we wanted. We could find it. Um, so not only music, but um, yeah, we we were exposed to you know people with way different backgrounds than we are so i think that's why we're a little bit more open-minded yeah i yeah actually that's why we're woke and and that is why we're (laughs) the wokest uh podcast on the internet um no i think you actually put it i i think you yeah had a super kind of profound point (laughs) is is you're right i think before the internet i i do think there was less choice so the media that you engaged with and the music that you listened to you just didn't have as much choice somebody was telling you what to listen to Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you didn't enjoy it right it was just a blissful ignorance about like well if it's not going on in wabash indiana it's not a part of the world but it's like, not happening yeah, yeah you yeah that's crazy man yeah so now we're we're and, and this is a pro of the internet i think is is it, it's harder to ignore things like mm-hmm. you cannot ignore things at this point right. so you can either look at it and you know try to do something about it or at least be engaged in the conversation or attempt to ignore it, but you're really going to kind of be on the back end of this whole thing because, mm-hmm. like you said, I mean, things are just, you know, progressing. You know, things change. But, yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. You're totally right. Yeah, that's yeah. I, f- I find that very illuminating. That was very profound, Mitchell. Well, cool. Well, thank you very much. Uh, speaking of illuminating things, the band I want to talk about is called Illiterate Light. I was really um, hoping you were going to be like, the Illuminati. Ah, <laughs> uh, that would be awesome. Um, but no, I, I discovered a band this week called Illiterate Light, um, and they're really good. I don't know too much about them. Um, the best way I can explain it, it's kind of like Dr. Dog meets uh, Dan Arbach's solo career. What the um, fuck? It's kind of like chill, indie... <laughs> That sounds dope. What is funny it's about that? Fu- like, of course, that's what you've... Like, it's like Dr. Dog and fucking... No, I mean, that sounds super cool. It's just... I love both of those things. Why would I not like it? <laughs> right. No, that's funny. Well, um, what? so how did you... Because you, once again, always bring some shit that nobody has ever heard of. Where, where did you find Illuminating Light? Actually, um, it's kind of cool. Um, they did a video with a uh, uh, Vance Powell. Who do you know who Vance Powell is? He's the guy that produced all of the the uh, White Stripes albums. Yeah, okay. Um, not I, was all. Like, I forgot. No, well, not all. all. No, 
No, he did the uh, Raconteurs uh, Consolers of the Lonely. That's what it was. Um, but okay. he's got like a YouTube uh, series um, where he will basically just kind of like walk people through his recording process. Um, and this was like one of the featured bands that he was doing the video about. Um, oh, and that's okay. kind of just how I discovered him. And I was like, holy shit, man, Vance Powell's amazing. And this music bangs. So <laughs> cool. Cool. I like it. Two yeah. very different bands by the sound of it that we've suggested. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's why I felt so like weird bringing it up because you were all about like Rage Against the Machine, man. This shit's got to change. And I'm like, hey, there's this random band I've, you've never heard of that I kind of like. Yeah, there's four <laughs> white guys who were bored one Sunday. <laughs> exactly. And I now also listen to their band, too. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. No, I totally vibe on that shit. It's just, yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Two sides of the musical spectrum for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, uh, this turned out, uh, I, I'll give us a C plus today. Oh yeah. That sounds, that sounds about right. For pulling this out of our ass. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> it um, still passes. So, yep. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We will catch you guys next time. And I think me and Mitch are going to play some baseball. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready for some baseball? (laughs) Thanks, guys. See ya.